0: Welcome to the All In For Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.
1: Welcome to the All In For Citrus podcast. I am Frank Giles, your host. We're going to do things a little bit different this month. We're going to take you on a deep dive into the use of plant growth regulators to improve fruit retention in citrus. Um, this will be a conversation between Dr. Michael Rogers and Dr. Tripti Vashith talking about Dr. Vashith's research in using gibberellic acid and also some work she's doing with 2,4-D. I know a lot of growers have probably heard some about this, but this is the most in-depth conversation I've heard to date about the importance of application timing and the number of applications to really optimize the use of these products to hopefully improve tree health and fruit retention. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Dr. Rogers and Dr. Vasheath and enjoy the conversation.
0: Thank you for joining us. I'm Michael Rogers, the center director and professor at the University of Florida IFAS Citrus Research and Education Center. And joining me today is Dr. Tripti Vashishth, our associate professor of horticultural sciences here at the CREC in Lake Alfred. And today we're gonna to be talking about plant growth regulators how you can use those in your operations uh, to improve the health and yield of HLB disease trees. Uh, so Dr. Vashish, thank you for joining us.
2: Sure, my pleasure.
0: And uh, just to start off, um, I wanna uh, make sure folks are aware that um, you know we're gonna talk about plant growth regulators, how you can use those but they're not the only they're not the only tool that you should be using in your grove. Um, I think everybody is familiar now with uh, the importance of plant nutrition, uh, your fertilization program, how it affects the tree's health and yield and fruit quality. And so that's really the foundation I think of, of what we're doing in our HLB management programs is making sure that we have healthy trees, we're providing the right nutrients, water um, as the foundation. But using plant growth regulators is an additional tool that builds upon that, that healthy base we provide through proper fertilization. And um, Tripty, as we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, some of the plant naturally occurring plant hormones actually uh, play a big role in the physiology of the trees. And, and HLB actually starves those trees of these, of these hormones that are important. And uh, you were telling me earlier that in the case of, of one compound gibberellic acid, uh, the HLB disease trees actually have produced less gibberellic acid, and so it actually affects the, the size of the leaves. Correct. So we see these little rabbit ears, we call them on HLB disease trees, but that's actually a result of not having enough gibberellic acid. So can you tell us a little bit more about what is gibberellic acid and how does it affect the trees?
2: Yes. So gibberellic acid, it's a naturally occurring plant hormone. So the plant is capable of making its own gibberellic acid to help with different processes. Gibberellic acid has many roles. So it can improve the vegetative growth. So means more leaves on the tree. It can help the fruit in growing better. It can uh, reduce fruit drop. Uh, we know that from healthy tree literature. And it can also suppress flowering, enhance fruit sets. So gibberellic acid has multiple roles, different Roles at different times of the year. Um, And you are correct that we are seeing that gibberellic acid, uh, less production of gibberellic acid is one of the reasons why uh, healthy HLB trees have smaller leaves than healthy trees.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you were able to tile that together through your research to to explain what we're seeing in growers' groves with these rabbit ears, for example, Mm -hmm. um, and, and what the basis is for that. Um, so you've been working with uh, f- with gibberellic acid uh, for a while now, for probably four or five years. Um, and you've come up with uh, some suggested programs on how we can use gibberellic acid to improve the health of our trees, and particularly uh, fruit drop, fruit size. So can you explain um, you know, what your program consists of and how many applications you're rep- recommending for folks?
2: Right, so uh, what we have seen is um five applications of gibberellic acid from September through January in Valencia has helped in improving the yield over time, uh, reducing fruit drop, improving vegetative growth, and also overall building a healthy tree, better plant defense response. So all the positives I'll say, gibberellic acid is helping in multiple ways. And uh, it just from September through January application on Valencia, it just, Affects all those processes.
0: So I know one of the things that growers are interested in knowing more is how can okay five applications you've shown that works and it had, you know provides an economic benefit, but do you have to do five applications? Is there a way you know we always want to cut cost? It's a tough time product. There may be product limited product availability, mm-hmm. uh, the cost, or just the time of getting the the, the tractor in the grove. That diesel fuel costs money, so. Can you cut down on some of the number of applications and still see a benefit?
2: So um, we do know five applications work, but I do understand that we are looking for alternatives or fewer applications. Now, the way gibberellic acid works, it's doing multiple things. Like I just said, it helps with the growing fruit. It also helps with reducing the flowering. So all these different applications at uh, September through January have some role to play in that now when we try to reduce the application numbers yes we can but we may not see the same level of effect Um, but cost is the ultimate uh, deciding factor for most of the growers and if they cannot uh, fewer may help it will just be not at the same level
0: so tripti you mentioned that Uh, your work has shown that five applications is very effective uh, Mm of gibberellic acid for improving uh, yield and fruit retention. Can you explain how those five applications work?
2: Right, so we start with these applications in September, and that's when the first application is made. September would be the time when the fruit is growing actively and the gibberellic acid application at that time helps that growing fruit gives it a little bit of boost in attaining better size and reducing some of those signals that are known to be responsible for fruit drop. Also then, as we get further in the season, November, December application are the time when the tree is getting ready for next season's flowering. So flower bud induction is happening at that time and gibberellic acid reduces the um, reduces the number of flower that will be produced in that upcoming spring. So it has those different benefits helping the growing fruit, reducing the number of flower. And anytime gibberellic acid is reducing the number of flower or number of developing buds it is giving tree a chance to produce another leaf so it helps with the vegetative growth too so uh, this application is september to th- january improving your fruit growth, reducing fruit drop, reducing flowering and enhancing vegetative growth. In addition, gibberellic acid has been shown to improve plant defense response. That would happen any time of the year. If you apply gibberellic acid, plant defense response would be boosted, but these repeated application just keeps the tree on that um, high accelerated mode of having good plant defense response.
0: So so based on what you've learned on how gibberellic acid affects the plant, if growers said, okay, I really only can afford to do one or two applications, what's your timing? We're talking about Valencia here.
2: Okay, so I I understand why somebody would want to do fewer application cost is the reason. I would say that the benefits are not going to be the same. Five versus two are going to give you less benefits. That's obvious. Uh, but if somebody has to do it, I will suggest that, um, apply october november december time frame for valencia this is the time when you have that growing fruit on the tree but also the flower bud induction period is around that time so you are suppressing next year's flowering and i keep saying we are suppressing next year's flowering because that is really important we don't want the tree to produce more flowers than it can handle and that's why that time period is perfect
0: yeah so we're wanting the tree to put more energy into supporting the fruit they produce not produce too many fruit and so uh that's for valencia Mm -hmm. okay so what about early season fruit like hamlin
2: and that's where it's a bit tricky uh because hamlin we know would uh develops early in the season and most of the time people want them to be harvested by december um if you are working with Hamlin and planning to put out GA, I would say start in August, September, October, that would be a good time frame. Or if you can plan on pushing the harvest to January, that would be really good because then you can stretch out your application until uh, November, and that will give you some time when the, that flower bud induction is happening. Now, um, I do put out flower bud induction advisories every year, um, Every week pro yes every week starting from november so i will be putting out that information if the growers are planning to use hamlin um for gibberellic acid sprays and they are considering when to stop spraying or when is that time when that flower bud induction period would be affected i will be putting out that information so keep uh keep looking out for that information. Uh, But again, for Hamlin, starting August, ending October, if you are planning to harvest in December, but if you can stretch out to January, go until November. Also one thing, um, a lot of growers want to harvest early in the season because they want to escape that fruit drop. Now, one of the benefits that gibberellic acid has, it keeps the fruit peel strong. It keeps that peel very firm green and green fruit doesn't drop that easily. So if you were to plan for harvest in January, uh, gibberellic acid sprays are going to help with that reducing the fruit drop. So you may not have that strong desire to harvest early to escape the fruit drop because the fruit shouldn't be dropping that much.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. And, and again, it's important to get the, the gibberellic acid sprays on early. Yeah to help prevent that fruit drop. Yes. And you know, you mentioned, you talk a lot about flower bud induction and how important it is uh, when you're using gibberellic acid. Um, you know, the timing, you wanted to use a later, we said maybe November application, mm-hmm. maybe December to help. our Valencia. On Valencia, to, to, to reduce the number of flowers. And you know, that does seem counterintuitive uh, for some of us who maybe aren't horticulturalists, Um, and so can you, can you explain the benefit of of those, those late season applications in reducing the flowers? Why
2: that's important? Sure. So, um, Yes, it's kind of counterintuitive that we're. I'm trying or I've been saying that we need to reduce the number of flowers. Now, think about our HLB affected trees. We know HLB affected trees go through a lot of twig dieback, root dieback. So they have limited resources. And with these limited resources, there is just not enough energy or carbohydrates in the tree to support the flowers or every flower. Um, So generally in citrus, uh, about only 1% or 2% of the most of the flowers that you see in spring ends up to be harvested. So that means 98% of those flowers are ending up on the orchard floor at some point. Um, HLB-affected trees have less resources, so First, the tree is spending resources in making those flowers then setting fruit and then it carries to different periods and then that fruit drops so we are wasting a lot of this energy in those flower formation fruit set all of that so when we are reducing the number of flower we are just better managing these resources for the tree we don't need 900 flowers maybe 50 flowers is all that we need because we want flower and the fruit that will stay on the tree and continue through harvest. Um, So this is really helpful. Gibralic acid reduces the number of flowers. We have been seeing uh, with these five applications, we reduced about 50% of the flowers and we never ever saw a reduction in the yield. So less flower doesn't mean less fruit. Actually, we are seeing opposite of that. Better source to sink ratio, source being the leaf, sink being the fruit. Also, there are a few other benefits of these um, gibberellic acid application during flower bud induction period. So we reduce the number of flowers. Also, every time when we reduce the number of flower, that bud can become a vegetative bud. So instead of a flower, now you are getting a leaf, which means you are getting another source that can support the fruit. Third, um, gibberellic acid will also cause leafy inflorescence and leafy inflorescence is the flower that arises with leaves attached to it and historically we have known that leafy fluorescence sets better fruit grows better fruit so having more leafy fluorescence will help in just having a better quality fruit and um, Lastly, gibberellic acid application is going to synchronize your flowering. So instead of having your flowering spread for four weeks or six weeks, you have more concise three weeks. That's what we have seen in our field studies. So all your fruit set is happening in that three week period, in a compact period. So all fruit is growing about at the same pace and getting ready at the same pace. So it's it's a good growth management, for good for growth management. Also then, if you were expecting a any fruit drop to happen. Now, GA should help with reduction in fruit drop, but if you are expecting any fruit drop, it's happening only in that three weeks or in that period of a synchronized growth. So gibberellic acid has many benefits, especially when we are applying it in the flower bud induction period. Now, as I keep saying about we need to reduce flower, I do want to put a caution statement, not too less either. We just need a balance. So uh, don't go beyond December applications because we don't want to suppress flowering any more than 50% 50% of the healthy. Mm-hmm.
0: And you have mentioned going into January, but in some cases, but I think you kind of put a caveat, don't go past January 10th, but it really depends on how the weather is that year, Exactly. Flo- whether the, sorry, flower bud induction advisory mm-hmm. you put out, you'll, you'll be guiding people through that as well.
2: Yes. yes. And as a caution, I just say December, like don't go beyond December 31st, because in our studies, we have applied until January 15th, but uh, we were paying a close attention to flower bud induction period and we didn't want to reduce any further. Uh, so out of precaution, I'm just saying don't go. If you can just stick in December, most of the growers don't want to get into another application <laughs> yeah. anyways. So uh, sticking to December is a good... Uh, Caution. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, and and your points about um, all the multiple uses of gibberellic acid. You know, when you first started working with gibberellic acid, it was trying to synchronize that bloom exactly. for uh, post-bloom fruit drop.
2: Exactly. You know,
0: disease control there, and so this this has a lot of benefits. It's, you know, beyond HLB control, uh, you know, synchronizing that bloom, getting more consistent uh, maturity of fruit at the same time, reducing PFD. Uh, but another point I wanted just to highlight again, uh, you mentioned that you know, gibberellic acid could have a negative effect if you went later than January um, and you could actually reduce your yield or your flowering too far. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. Uh, you we need flowers we need just fewer flowers but we do need flowers for a good yield. now in one of the test blocks actually not this particular one but we were just playing with gibberellic acid for some experiments and we applied in february because i just wanted to see what happens when you applied in february <laughs> on valencia and we did see uh increase in fruit drop on valencia at that time uh, mm-hmm. we did not see any reduction in flowering because the Flower bud induction has already happened by February in most of the cases. So going after January 10th anyways is not going to give any benefits. It may hurt the tree. At the end of it, it's a plant hormone. Uh, It does multiple things in the tree, more than we even understand. Uh, So it's good to have a little bit caution. Don't be, it's good to try it on small blocks, but don't go Overboard with it either. Right.
0: And so, if you had to make a recommendation of when really to try not to spray gibberellic acid, you're talking, you know, mid January through what period?
2: I would not apply until April. Uh, And the reason being, uh, gibberellic acid is known to enhance fruit set. Okay. So, if you apply gibberellic acid end of um, March when the flowering is about to end, it can improve fruit set. And we don't want to do that either because we want the tree to set the fruit that it can do it naturally. We don't want to give this extra supplement at that time because, like I've been saying, too much fruit set, if the tree cannot cope up with too much fruit set, it will drop at some point. So you may not have much benefit. I strongly think that uh, we should not be applying gibberellic acid from January 10th till mid April or even end of April. So stay away from that period of, I think.
0: So one of the benefits you mentioned, you know, with gibberellic acid is that it can enhance that vegetative growth. And if you're doing this, um, say starting after April, Mm -hmm. uh, getting into the summer months, you can get some pretty large and and nice looking uh, leaf flushes in your growth. If you're going to do that, what what are your cautions looking forward? For the rest of the year you know if you come out in in june july august with gibberellic acid sprays get these large leaf flushes could that have a negative effect on the trees or especially the yield in
2: this in the coming year so vegetative flush generally speaking is always good right we want the trees to have good flush because leaves are going to make a better tree at the end of All of this right Uh, so we need leaves but one of the caution to keep in mind is that you don't want too much of anything you we want to have a balance between the leaves and the fruit now one thing that happens if you have too much of leaves, so you are making, the tree's making a lot of carbohydrates. It's photosynthesizing and storing a lot of carbohydrate. And the crop load is just moderate or low, which is normal with HLB affected trees. So you, the tree ends up in the winter with a lot of these stored carbohydrates. Now the tree may think that it's doing really good. So let's set more flower and setting more flower again, is not going to be beneficial because tree doesn't have a brain like we do. It just does things as they come to it. So mm-hmm. so um, too much carbohydrates going into winter may result in too much flowering to happen, and the tree may not be able to support too much flowering. And we want a consistency in the eel. We don't want the tree to be alternating like high eel, low eel. We just want consistency. So. I would suggest um, if the growers are using gibberellic acid to enhance vegetative growth, still that flower bud induction overlapping GA spray will benefit you because you will um, optimize the flowering and you will have a better crop set happening for the upcoming years. So I think consistency is what we really need rather than one big ear crop.
0: Okay. So for example, if, if a grower did a, a gibberellic acid spray in the summer or early fall, hit, got a nice big flush, they need to be thinking about the fact that that could cause more fruit set than they want. And so a second application of gibberellic acid really is warranted in that November, December timeframe, yes. at least on Valencia.
2: Yes, for the upcoming year. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's I think one of the things that our growers really need to think is with uh, our citrus trees there's a lot that is happening you need not to only be thinking about this year's crop but you have to think about what's going to happen next year because our trees are there for a very long time and we need them to be producing consistently and anything that you do this year to your tree is going to affect your next year's crop too so it's just not this month or this year thing. It's, it's a long-term effect. Okay. Uh,
0: and your research has shown that um, with the gibberellic acid sprays, with the, the five applications, for example, that you've been doing, you're seeing an increase in fruit size, fruit retention, or, or less fruit drop. Right. But what about fruit quality? Does, do, does gibberellic acid have an effect on
2: fruit quality? So um, in our studies at the time of harvest, we have been doing it for five years, actually six years now. In six years, only one year out of six years, we have seen reduction in the total soluble solids, but other five years, we have not seen any less than control. So our GA treated and control have been producing the same quality fruit at the time of harvest. Okay, uh, and I'll just say that one year it was a particularly warm spring. Uh, that's all we could find out from the data because it's the same set of trees that have been sp- getting sprayed with gibberellic acid. So it is possible that there might be some weather interaction of the gibberellic acid sprays. We don't know that yet, but again, five years we have seen no effect.
0: Okay, yeah, because I know some growers have concerns. That, you know that maybe you know the fruit does not color up you know, it, it tends to stay green longer, which in some in some accounts is good because it means it's going to hold on the tree longer. Right. But your research, you're not seeing it affecting the, the overall maturity of the fruit. So it should be getting the right amount of bricks and passing uh, the maturity test when needed.
2: Yes. So in our uh, studies, we have not seen that. Uh, one thing that I would suggest is it's a good idea to give about two months or more between your last spray and your harvest, just to give tree time to get back if there is any it's a hormone right okay Mm -hmm. it's a plant growth regulator uh, so it has different effects gibberellic acid should not be affecting your quality it affects the peel color but even giving those two months will help in enhancing that peel color and um, just developing the fruit naturally also um, I have heard the same concerns from few girls and I would like to emphasize that last year we followed four Hamlin sites that were grower sites, and five Valencia site, again, grower sites. So within these sites, the growers did leave some untreated control for us. So it's the same variety, same scion, same age. We have GA treated and we have um, untreated trees. And we did not see reduction in fruit quality in any of those nine sites, including Hamlin and Valencia. So um, as of what I know, I'm not seeing any effect on the maturity. Okay. And we continue to look for it. Yeah.
0: And, and that's all good to know. And of course, uh, and your advice about giving two months between the last gibberellic acid application and your intended harvest is good. Because we're, we're mainly talking right now about, based on your work, is Valencia and Hamlin. Um, if there's growers with other varieties out there, some of the fresh fruit varieties, mm-hmm. you, know, you really have to be careful, I would say, and maybe Test plots are good to try things out before you go on a program with fresh fruit or some other varieties that mature at different times?
2: Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, for fresh fruit, even if our fruit quality is same, there is no effect on the bricks, peel color is going to affect how the fresh fruit is sold or is perceived by the uh, customers. So that is one thing. Now our fresh fruit variety people are very much familiar with degreening processes using ethylene to color up the fruit. And that should work out too. So if growers are using gibberellic acid on the fresh fruit variety, degreening is an option and they can definitely try it out. Okay. And I'm working with Dr. Right now or this year to see if we can uh, do some work on grapefruits, just look at fruit. Well, you just
0: answered my next question. <laughs> yeah. Have you done anything to look at degreening of these fruit this that have been treated year. with gibberellic acid? So, okay. So that that works ongoing. And one other thing, a good transition, you mentioned ethylene production mm-hmm. and uh, to degreen, but ethylene also plays a role in the field in terms of fruit drop.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you were working with another plant growth uh, regulator um, to combat the effects of ethylene on fruit drop. Yeah. And so can you explain a little more about that work? It's 2,4-D we're talking about.
2: Yes. So ethylene, it's a another plant hormone that is produced naturally. Anytime the tree is stressed, it produces ethylene. And when the fruit drop happens, actually the fruit is starts to perceive more ethylene and then the drop happens. Now, 2,4-D is a, is a plant growth regulator and it, it does what auxin, that's another plant hormone does, auxin and ethylene counteracts each other. So having 2,4-D, which is, a, which is a substitute for auxin in this case is um, can counteract ethylene effects. And we are seeing when we are applying 2,4-D, we do see reduction in fruit drop uh, and we have uh, applied 2,4-D and gibberellic acid together and we see the best results. Now, we started this work only last year. Um, We have been applying gibberellic acid and 2,4-D in uh, October through December. And we are seeing reduction in fruit drop, about 20% reduction in fruit drop when they were applied in combination.
0: And so and I think as you, we were talking earlier, um, you, that trial work you're doing, you've tested gibberlic acid by itself, 2,4-D by itself, and then the combination of the two. And it's it's that combination of both 2,4-D and gibberlic acid. Which months was it? It was three months in a row.
2: October, November, December, three mm-hmm. applications. So you were
0: getting the best effects with that. Yes. And so um, I know uh, you know, 24D. We're we're learning how to use that uh, in this in this situation. There are some label um, changes that are probably going to be needed with that compound. Right now, I think it's only labeled for possibly one application. Yes,
2: Uh, it is. It is labeled for one application between November and December at 3.2 fluid ounce per acre. Okay. Uh, In our study, we applied October, November, December. So we essentially did three application, but we did it at a lower rate. So we did not go above 3.2 fluid ounces. So we are doing smaller doses but frequent doses and the reason for that is that we have been seeing that uh, the fruit drop signals happen arise earlier in the fruit so if january is when you expect your valencia to be dropping we are seeing these signals from october november time frame and that's why i precisely applied these pgrs at these times when those signals are arising so we can counteract them when they are arising too late is of no benefit Uh, we probably need to start early on these PGRs based on what we know from fruit about fruit drop Um, and GA and 240 uh, together are working really good I would like to say that um, 240 is helping with the fruit drop GA is also helping with the fruit drop and helping with vegetative flush and other tree defense responses so both have their own set of benefits and we are seeing a synergistic effect when we apply it together.
0: That's very interesting because again, gibberellic acid is a totally, it's a different hormone. It's affecting different processes with the plant than 2,4-D, which is yes. the, uh, if I got this right, auxin yes. type substitute. Yes. And so, and again, I think to reemphasize your point, why you're, you're using the multiple applications of 2,4-D is that there are more than one time period in the fall that's important to to counteract or to correct in order to set that good crop, Mm -hmm. or or I'm sorry, to prevent the fruit drops, what I should say.
2: Yes.
0: And so that's why you don't think one application of 240 is enough. It's really gonna take a couple.
2: Exactly, we need more than one application. And uh, Dr. Albrego, a few years ago, he had done a lot of work with gibberellic acid and 240. And in most of his work, he was using one application, maybe two at some trials, and he never saw uh, similar level of benefit that I have been seeing. And I think one of the main reason is we are looking into multiple applications now. And also we are timing the application since we have learned so much more about Fruit Drop in these years.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's good to point out is that, you know, we've had been dealing with HLB for such a long time. There's been a lot of research that's happened. A lot of the results initially aren't that useful for growers or what they're doing in the field, but it's really all coming together as we look at nutrition and plant growth regulators and how we can take all this together to make a, a, a program that's gonna have a, a positive impact mm-hmm. on the health of trees and ultimately the yield and, and fruit quality in terms of nutrition, things like that. So um, so um, in terms of 2,4-D, uh, you're, again, your you're suggestion if people are going to uh, Consider 240 applications, the timing again on that for Valencia, and then maybe talk about Hamlin.
2: So for Valencia, we tried October, November, December. Um, that's where I have seen the most benefit so far for fruit drop reduction. Okay. If we were to apply for Hamlin, Hamlin being a early variety, and it would you would expect it to be harvested in December, and two forty also keeps the fruit green, so okay. that's that's that is one thing to keep in mind. So we would want to stop our sprays by October in that very case. So uh, about so, sixty
0: days before harvest. Yes, again okay. two
2: months. So August, September, October, or July maybe starting now i will have to say that the label says november through december and only one application right now one application so, so yeah but as we learn more we can work with the company i believe yeah and i
0: think that's important because you know the labels that are out there and, and you know when i was working with insecticides a lot of times the labels when they're developed by a company they don't have all the uses in mind, or we don't know at all we need to use that product for at the time that it's labeled. And so here we've had these products labeled in citrus for decades, but we didn't have HLB. And so now as we're learning how they could be effective in managing HLB, we need to tweak those labels a little bit. so I know Valent's been good. They've they've worked with us to change the labels for uh, gibberellic acid. And so with ProGib, for example, I think it now allows at least four applications.
2: August through December. August
0: through December, four applications. And I'm sure we'll see some changes to the 24D uh, label as well in in the future. So again, you know, the research really kind of helps drive how we can change these labels to be more effective for growers. Um, so we'll kind of start wrapping up here with just some some questions about applications in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I know growers may have some questions about how how to uh, use this, the timing in terms of there's there's a lot of talk about day versus night and. Mm-hmm have you seen any benefit applying gibberellic acid at night versus the daytime?
2: So I have uh first I looked through the literature and there's not much literature on night applications of gibberellic acid uh, being more efficient than day after there is not much literature mm-hmm. to make, not to even make the comparison. Uh, we have, done some small scale greenhouse studies so far, just because growers have been asking these questions and we want to get some answers. So we applied the gibberellic acid at night and we applied the gibberellic acid in the morning, same rate on same trees, similar trees. Um, Mm. And what we are seeing is that uh, the response, initially the response is a bit uh, quicker with the night application, but in a week or two weeks, the effect is same so maybe you may see leaves sprouting a little bit early with the night application but in a week we have the same number of leaves same number of branches so over long time and here i'm just talking about a few weeks the effect is about the same so so then we really need to think what is our goal with these applications and mm-hmm. the risk versus reward.
0: Yeah, so for a, for a grower, they're thinking, okay, do I wanna put my employees out in the groves at, after dark at night by themselves spraying? Is it really worth the benefit? And based on what you're seeing, the, night, the nighttime sprays work a little faster, but ultimately a week down the road, you, you see no difference in exactly. overall effect. Yes. Okay. And, um, I, I think the reason that there, what there's the idea about spraying at night it has to do with stomates being open and, and I guess allowing the, the material to get into the plant easier. Is that what the rationale is, but that.
2: So it gives more time for the tree to absorb the nutrients, of mm-hmm. course. And, um, but if you are using a surfactant, mm-hmm. uh, I think you, you can overcome some of those difficulties.
0: Yeah, and I think with any kind of, of product we want to move into the tree, you can artificially do this with a surfactant. And so you, you've been using, what surfactants have you been using with um, these PGRs?
2: So I have been pretty consistent with using induce, which is a um, I We have been using it um, pretty steadily anytime I put out any PGR, no matter which PGR it is, uh, we always use uh, uh organosilicone surfactant in use in this case specifically.
0: And what rate of, of that organosilicone?
2: We are using 0.15% of the total spray volume. Okay.
0: And that's probably not the only thing when, when growers in the field, you know, you want to kind of get the most bang from your buck as you drive that tractor through. So tank, there's always something else going in the mix, probably four or five different products at times. Um, have you heard of any issues with tank mixing? I, I've been out and I've seen some growers doing, you know, making gibberellic acid sprays, mixing with insecticides and oils, and um, haven't seen an issue yet. But have you run into any problems with tank mixing gibberellic acid or other
2: PGRs? So l- the label says not to tank mix because we just know limited about it. But uh, I have been talking to growers uh, and most part, none of the growers have reported any phytotox responses so far. They have been applying it with insecticides, with nutritional products, uh, oils, and they have not seen any problem. Except one grower did report last year uh, around November time when they sprayed on their young block, they did see phytotox response. Now they sprayed three or four blocks, only one block showed this phytotox response. And um, it seems like the day when they sprayed, it was a pretty warm day and they had an insecticide with it. So that could be one of the reasons because when we repeated the same chemistry in another block, but the day was a bit cooler, we got into December by the t- time we could spray, we did not see a phytotox response. So I think time of the day really has something to do with it and also ultimately what the pH of your solution is will can also cause some phytotox responses. So overall, no phytotox reported so far.
0: But I'm sure if, if any growers uh, do experience a phytotoxic response with any of these PGRs, we would love to hear about it. Exactly. Just, just you know, even though it's anecdotal evidence, it helps us and we can pass that on to folks because again, we can't test every possible combination of products and varieties and time of year and weather conditions. Um, so things happen sometimes. So we mm-hmm. would love to hear it if, you, if there are problems that, that pop up. But so far, we feel pretty confident. I mean, this is a a naturally occurring plant hormone. Um, The downside to applying it in general, if you're following the guidelines we've talked about, uh, there's a lot of benefits from doing this. Again, these plant growth regulators aren't the the one solution to everything that's HOB. I mean, we've got to start off with a a good nutrition program, uh, give it that foundation. But but these are tools that can help keep that tree in balance, bring all the the, the plant hormones into balance so the Mm -hmm. tree can function as it needs to produce a good quality fruit and retain that fruit. So we actually have something to pick and sell. So Tripti, uh, we look forward to seeing more of of your research in the future, the results, as you continue to work on on these and other plant growth regulators. And so uh, we just uh, thank you for your work and
1: keep up the good work. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of All In For Citrus. Thank you to Dr. Rogers and Dr. Vasheeth for a great conversation on improving tree health and fruit retention. We'll look forward to catching up with you again next month.
0: Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University
2: of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.